EA Sports. Hi everybody, welcome to Living La Vita Loco podcast, uh, retro gaming podcast for some of your retro gaming needs. I'd forgot what I was going to say, say there. Did you nearly forget that? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. Um, my name's Faz. And I'm Rich. Uh, welcome to the pod this week. Uh, we are in our staple environment of Rich's spare bedroom uh, and or office come boudoir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I've never, I've never known what a boudoir is. Bedroom. Is it? Yeah. No. I always imagine it's like the Moulin Rouge. I mean, this is not like the Moulin Rouge. <laughs> if the Moulin Rouge is like this, then... Uh, I, what have yeah. you got around that could be Moulin Rouge-y? I mean, I, I kind of looked uh, at like a medal, a running uh, Leeds Abbey Dash medal from 2019. Have you ever actually seen Moulin Rouge? <laughs> <laughs> Do they not all wear like I mean, it's, medals for charity it's in Moulin Rouge? Spangly, I suppose, but yeah. I know, um, no, got it wrong. Uma Thurman? No, the other one. Not Uma Thurman. Nicole Kidman? Thank you. Where is it? Yeah. Why do I know that? <laughs> <laughs> She's not in the boudoir today. Uh, anyway. Nor is Ewan McGregor. <laughs> no. That's disappointing, isn't it? It is. Look, I can see. just popped up and went, hello there. That'd be great. Uh, so, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, EA trying. Big. And yeah. the, uh, the gin and tonic IPA. That cool. Let's start talking about beers. We talked about beers quite a significant amount in the last two podcasts with Aaron being here, so we won't dabble too much in them, but I picked up a couple today that had just come live in the shop that I work in, because <laughs> I'm lazy like that. Although, to be fair, I wasn't in the shop. I actively went to the shop just to see what was going on. Um, and we have got to start off with, in today's pod, um, what, wait, what? Bota- I didn't even, botanicalist? Botanicalist. That, yeah. that is the word. Yeah. I thought you were a botanist. Clever. They've changed the word. Anyway, Magic Rock Brewing from Huddersfield, I think they're still there, have crossed with Mason's Gin Makers of Yorkshire to make a gin and tonic IPA. I haven't tried mine yet, and I'm eating nuts, so that will probably flavour it, but have you had a little dabble? <laughs> uh, I have, yep, and it, it does taste like a cross between a gin and tonic and an IPA. Um, That's good. So, That's job, very nice. job done. Um, personally, not a huge fan of gin and tonic. No, <laughs> so yeah. am I? Am I? Am, am I not? Um, I I wouldn't ever pick it as a drink. But if someone gave me a gin and tonic, like and said, "This is your drink for the night. You can have five gin and tonics," I'd be like, I wouldn't be upset. Mm. You know, I'd be okay with it. It's very, you know, in the middle. I think I'd it? be a little bit upset. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why, actually, because it's just hit me with with. That uh, that mouthful as well. It's the tonic. Like I've never been a huge fan of tonic. I can always taste it kind of in the back of my throat, and like it just like that kind of gassy kind of thing. I've had, like I went to a gin festival once and basically bitched about it all the way around because of the gin and tonic. And then someone served me gin with like ginger beer or something like that, and I was like, oh, okay, right. I've been doing it wrong. I get it now. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess I've never really had gin with anything else because everyone just thinks that tonic's the one, isn't it? But yeah. it, is, it is a very distinct taste, tonic. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's just one that I've never quite gelled with. And credit where credit's due, like you can taste like a kind of tonicky 
undertone, I think. So, um, I taste. That's what it says on the tin. Yeah. <laughs> I taste salty peanuts. So, oh, well, there, you. there we go. Yeah. I, I like it when IPAs mix with stuff. Like, I, I think I've probably spoke about it on the podcast podcast before. And it was one called Stormy Weather, and it was an Earl Grey. IPA, an Earl Grey tea IPA, and it's unreal. Um, and they're from, I think they might be from down your way in Reading, maybe. Really? I think, yeah, some, oh. but they don't. Um, and we could pick them up in one of our local shops. Uh, Jim's that's closed now, so um, sad times. I can't seem to find it anywhere or buy it on the internet, even. So hmm. they have like one can available. Like, li- I'm not even joking, like, literally one can <laughs> of one drink available on their website. So I kind of feel like they're going through a change or they've shut down, but. I'll tell you what, if you ever had that thing where you have a drink that you really, really like and then you can't find it anywhere for like, more money and you can't, <laughs> you can't get it like on the website or anything like that and then you find one can of it somewhere. Mm. Like, I had that when we were in Brid. Do you um, open it up? <laughs> and, well, they, do you remember, I don't know if I've talked about it on here before, but the vocation in Kirkstall Brewery 666, like mm. a really dark coffee-ish stout. Mm. Like, I know we talked about beer rankings with Aaron last time. Like, that is up there for me. Like, it was awesome. Couldn't get it on the website anymore. Couldn't get it in shops anymore. Then we were in Brid and they had one can left in a, wow. in a tiny little pub. Um, and yeah, we had that moment of like, do we open it? Do mm. we not? Um, and then we, yeah, we split it on my birthday. So it was yeah, like, you that's know what? <laughs> You're always going to have to do that at some point, aren't you? Yeah, you know exactly. I'm not just going to sit there looking sadly at a can. And you may as well get... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do. Um... Well, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> so you may as well have it while it's fresh. Yeah, so exactly. The devil is in the detail with that six. I mean, you know, it was really forced, but whatever. Yeah, fine. So um thinking I'm trying to how do I segue from oh, this would be good. that yeah, I know. That would be good. Um uh no. Um, It'll uh, come. Uh, maybe. Devil, big Corporation EA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done. Is that, Excellent. Is that, is that all right? Yeah, we are, um, it seems, uh, without even trying, and I'm going to be honest, one of the upcoming podcasts is the exact same as well. Is it going to be another EA sort of thing? Like, certainly I seem to be as well. Um, an EA bitch. Um, I am. <laughs> I am I am a stooge to their whatever they It's they're... pronounced EA big. Big. <laughs> um and I yeah I I am shoveling their shovelware like I said, I, I don't Yeah you I, really are. I, I don't give a shovel. Yeah exactly. And I don't mean to but I I guess one of the things I wanted to talk about really was that the the PSP seems to just be laden with EA games like they did we, support it like mm, and I mean like capital S <laughs> yeah I mean and, and I think that it would have been half uh, certainly in the western hemisphere there would have been half the amount of games available if EA hadn't even thought <laughs> oh we're going to publish yeah. some shit so you know at least I appreciate them for that mm. so let's let's start at the beginning then EA Sports Boog I started well, that well taken thank you nice. yeah, yeah. No, um, so the series then I believe Started with SSX on the PlayStation 2 in the year 2000. When I say I believe, I read that. Um, That's a Wikipedia fact. Although, to be fair, that it, it is, but I am going to give myself a little bit of credit on that in so much that I did own SSX for the PlayStation 2 in okay. the year 2000, yeah. and it was like one of my first games I ever had for the PlayStation 2. So I have grown with this series since it kind of its infancy. And even prior to that, so I guess... Before it actually became EA Sports Big, the studio, I think it's like EA Canada maybe, mm. they released Sledstorm for the PlayStation 1. 
and I was a massive advocate of that. And friends listening to the podcast that I used to play PlayStation One with, they would know that. That you know, mm-hmm. I used to that was you know, we take games round to your friend's house. Yep. And there's only so many games you can carry in a backpack. <laughs> well, maybe you know, I can probably carry loads, but like I'd always take Sledstorm with me. It always felt like a great multiplayer game to be cracking on with, and my friends agreed as well. And um, yeah, and they they remade or remastered, I think, whatever they made another Sledstorm for the PlayStation Two, uh, and not to be, so it wasn't Sledstorm Two, it was just Sledstorm again. <laughs> Sledstorm rides again, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, uh, so I started off really, really before the studio even knew it was. I knew what it was. I was big, there before it was cool. Exactly. <laughs> I, knew, I knew what it was going to do before it even fucking knew itself. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I, I make no apologies for being an EA Sports big fan. Big fan. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about the series a little bit today. Um, so, little things including the series then NFL Street. NBA Street, FIFA Street, Def Jam series, SSX as aforementioned, Sled Storms. Um, I think there's a couple more in there as well that I can't quite remember. Probably don't don't need my time. Extreme Pog or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tiddly oh, Wig Street. Did, did you collect Pogs? Yeah, you, once you, upon a time. Yeah, yeah. Pro, uh, Premier League Pogs I used to collect. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think we might introduce it on the pod before. Slammers were like the thing. <laughs> Try and get a, a purple slammer. It was like you know you were you really wanted a purple slammer in your in your snack. <laughs> but much like Pokemon cards, no one ever really played Pogs properly. Like the actual yeah, rules of Pogs, yeah. it was just like I have collected the whole of Manchester United, <laughs> and now I'm going to smash my slammer at this stack. And then it'd be like, oh, do you want to keep? You know, like do you want to play for keeps? No, are you fucking mental. <laughs> yeah. It's cost like these cost like thirty five p a pack. Like it's in you. Know, like, <laughs> I'm not going like, to waste the rest of my money and give you the half of my fucking Crystal Palace team. I'm going to give you Brian Gunn from Norwich because you slammed a fucking piece of plastic on him. It's not okay. So, yeah. I've got... Feel better? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Anyway, Pogs. Awesome. Uh, and where was I? Anyway, so how... We, how what what are your relations with the EA Sports Big Series? Um infrequent and few and far between um, <laughs> we're back in the boudoir <laughs> um, FIFA Street um, I dabbled with um, SSX Tricky was probably mm. the, the big one for me um, and um, it, it was one of those things that I don't ever really remember owning any of them I think they were the kinds of things that I would rent quite a lot mm. um, I say quite a lot <laughs> I'd rent them if everything else was out Um and like I wouldn't uh wouldn't ever begrudge picking them up or anything mm. like that. Um so yeah, it's it's kind of only been relatively recently that I've I've played more of them. Okay. Um and yeah, it, it was always um the, the SSX stuff for me. Um trying to fill the ten eighty snowboarding gap in my life. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> is that is that in sixty four then? Is yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Cool Borders was that a PlayStation or on PlayStation? Yeah. I think, yeah. And the snowboarding games are a bit of a funny one, really, um, because I think everyone wants to play them, but no one truly loves them. Like they're like sort of like a Tony Hawk sort of situation. Yeah, like, they never in... seem to be a thing in and of themselves. No, um... uh, there's a lot of them. To be fair, though, if you consider the yeah. entire the SSX, and then that you say, you know, when you've got your 1080 snowboard and Cool Borders. Shout out to Sean White on the Xbox 360. Yeah, so I've got a Sean White 
snowboarding on the PSP that I didn't have a dabble with this time around, but I will have a little look at at some point. Maybe even review it for the pod, it'll be terrible. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, and also those, uh, what else was there? Oh, like the mini games in like Final Fantasy VII. Like, well, yeah, didn't I mean? everybody hate that? Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I mean, like, so from a point of view of it, um, the way that, that it was, I guess, the hitbox really on you against like a giant <laughs> snowman was shit. But that part of the game in Final Fantasy VII is like, it's pretty cool. Like, it's in. Um, uh, cool. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really enjoy that continent in Final Fantasy VII when you climb up the ice wall and stuff forever. And it's like the, it's like the ladder <laughs> on Metal Gear Solid 3. I just like the pain. Um, you know, and also the pain of the, the, the snowboarding, clearly. I've got a real, uh, real thing going on there. So, hurt me, Cloud. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I've really tangented today so far. <laughs> there's been there's been no segue into things. It's just been a like a it's fucking like watching a pinball machine. <laughs> of really, thought. Really sorry. <laughs> uh, I will bring myself back in, and I'm going to start this week, I think, uh, and talk a little bit more about SSX. Then, so mm-hmm. the game I reviewed this week is SSX on tour, mm-hmm. um, but I also did go back and dabble a little bit with SSX three and SSX 2012, which was the final iteration of, of SSX. And that was, I think that might have been the last EA Big. Or in fact, EA Big had actually folded. I was going to say, was it that sort of thing series. where the, the thing had folded partway through development or something? Yeah, and so EA just released yeah. it as an EA game. Um, so I've, I've had a little dabble with those, really. Uh, and also NFL Street 3 for the PSP. Uh, and I will. I think maybe should we do a little bit of a uh, bouncy bouncy where I do a little bit of SSX, then you do yours, which is Def Jam Vendetta on the PS2 because I couldn't find anything on the Vita because it was already long dead by then. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> but we said in this, we said on the build up to the pod that you know I think it's fair to include a Def Jam game even if it is on the PlayStation Two. Like you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, who, you know. Who's going to stop me? Yeah, exactly. We're on a not you. We're making our own. I haven't yet. Um, and yeah, and then we'll come and then bounce back to me on NFL Street. So you know, sure. no one's not bored by our fucking voices. Like in a yeah, constant, yeah. you know, memorandum about a certain game. I particularly enjoyed Faz's forty-five minute <laughs> points EA of sports view. big points of view. Like <laughs> Terry Wogan getting written into. Um, he's dead. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Oh, sorry, Sir Terry. <laughs> anyway, I'll have these nuts and shut up. Uh, so, EA Sports Big started with SSX, and probably I think the heart of the series belongs to SSX. Um, so it wasn't a surprise to see it go over to the PlayStation Portable in 2005. Uh, the game itself is a bit of a hodgepodge between SSX 3 for consoles and SSX on tour for consoles. In so much that it takes facets of both of them and places it onto the portable system. The amount of times that I feel like I've said that so far about games moving to the PSP yeah. is vast. <laughs> so an example would be Burnout. I'm fairly certain I said that about Burnout 3 and Burnout Takedown. I think they kind of like... They were EA as well, weren't they? Yeah, mm. and, they were a mi- <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. and they were a mix that went onto the PSP. Like a slimmed down version of both those games kind of posited together. Yep. And Tony Hawk's as well. I think I said that about Tony Hawk's. It kind of felt like a bit of a hodgepodge of sort mm. of like 
underground slash like a smaller version of the game and it kind of got moved over to PSP uh, what it makes it sound like I'm being quite um, derogatory about that in this circumstance when I played these games it felt like actually it was probably a bit of a positive I think it took what it was really good at on the console mm. and slimmed it down and actually that probably made it a bit better than what I experienced when I played on SSX3 so SSX3 I'd say is probably there or thereabouts being the best on in the series I mean Tricky's really great 3's really good and I'll get on to the SSX 2012 as well um, that came out on the Xbox 360 and PS3 um, but Three was really good, but it did feel like sometimes they kind of started to try a bit more, try to be like introduce a little bit of an open worldy sort of feel, and levels kind okay. of sprawled everywhere. Um, whereas actually having the slimmed down in your pocket version of that, a bit more focus. Yeah, it kind of worked. Yeah, yeah almost like it, I thought it was it was better for it really. Um, so, so SSX on tour for the PSP is one of those games where. There was some really great stuff to it, mm-hmm. and some stuff that kind of like let it down a little bit, like enough to be like, "All oh, right, okay, you feel like you've got the makings of a really great game, but there's enough things in there to kind of go, "Oh, that really bothers me <laughs> like right. so, and and that and and I hate that with a game sometimes because you kind of go, "Oh well, you know, I'm having a great time." Oh, I've just I I physically and also metaphorically hit a tree. Like, in, you know, like, so there's stuff in there that you kind of it does stop you a little bit in you know in your path. Um, one of those things that I think that I've always found about the SSX series as a whole, though, is that they're quite tricky. Hey. <laughs> um, I I've never spoke to anybody out loud about this before. This is like a problem, clearly, or like a therapy <laughs> sort of thing, but. I find SSX games quite hard. And what I mean by that is that you have to score really high to medal. Like, mm. you, and you've got to be able to combine all your tricks really well, uh, which I get is the the concept of the game. Yeah. But um, it's very lumpy in difficulty. So mm. I would find that some of these modes, while I, while I was on SSX on tour, uh, I would find that some of the modes... I didn't have to try at all, and I'd medal gold. Like I just, I didn't have to barely do anything, and I'd medal gold straight away. It was just like a walk in the park. And some of them, I was visibly sweating, like <laughs> trying to trying to medal. Hear the thing creaking. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And and you know when you like you just scrape a bronze, and you're like, that's enough. I've done enough. Like, I, I have aced that level. Like, in, you know, like that's I never awesome. Need to see it ever again. I know. Yeah, I've I've done enough to medal and pass to the next thing. And that that just brings something up in my mind about games where it's like you have to get a medal to get to the next thing. Sometimes yeah, that yeah. fucks me off because I'm like, you've made this really weirdly hard, like, and I don't know why. Like, as in you know, it's meant to be fun, um, and and I find that with SSX and this game especially as well. There was things where it was like you would, you just had really breezy easy parts, and then and then just I think that even on the first sort of like rung of. Um, the way that they structure the game is that you go basically you just go up these different levels and you become a um a more renowned um I was gonna say skater there. <laughs> snowboarder. <laughs> surfer? Snow surfer. Um you become a more renowned snow surfer. And and you build up and it's just basically an arbitrary number. But and you know you know how much we love those. Um and you build your way up the leaderboard while you're on tour. Uh but 
weirdly enough, like the first sort of level of some of the actual um, mountains that you uh, are going to surf, snow surf down. I can't stop saying it now. I can't. Un- Sorry, I keep talking. I'm I just can't making undo it. To go by 1080 Avalanche <laughs> on the GameCube and Kelly Slater Pro Surfer. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Yeah, so being a snowboarder, and it's like, and some of the levels are just ri- ridiculously hard. And I just don't understand why at the start of the game it's like, you know. <laughs> this is this is exactly what you want. It's like, oh yeah, hit You're a brick. Pain. <laughs> yeah, it's like hit a brick wall straight away. You're like, fuck you, game. Like, <laughs> you know, like there was a couple of times. I I am not a control uh, controller. <laughs> no, you're not a controller. <laughs> I'm not a controller. You're a real boy, Faz. <laughs> I am not a thrower of the controller when I'm angry. Ah. But the PSP has got a perfect weight for feeling like <laughs> that. You know, like is in. It would go. You could far, do some damage yeah, if you it, tried to the right. PSP. Um, and there were a couple of times where I was like, just at the beginning of my journey on this game, I was like, "Fuck me, fuck you!" Like it's, <laughs> in, it's in, just so annoying. Um, yeah, for for an arcadey kind of game, mm-hmm. uh, which I, the very first SSX I remember being much more simulation based. Then Tricky came along, and they just completely went out the fucking <laughs> Fuck window. <this>. Yeah, <laughs> just like went crazy. And then from then, I think everyone's memory of SSX is that oh, actually, it's a bit fun and zany, and you yeah, get your yeah. Max and you know people like that. And um, but actually, I'd say Onto brings it a bit more back, a little bit more simulationy, uh, and you can definitely seem to get that feel of difficulty with that as well. Um, uh, positives though. And I did say there was quite a lot of positives, really. Uh, you know, how it handled, and from going from a game that is quite reliant on a dual analogue stick, where you do all your spinning mm-hmm. and all your directions at speed, to go down to one little nubbin on your PSP and have to use your shoulder buttons a lot more for rotation and things, it does really well. Like, it okay. ports over so well. Like, And you could actually use your analog stick on the PSP whereas you go back to another 2005 game Tony Hawk's Underground, Underground 2 uh, then you can only use your directional pad that is in immediately it gets an extra point from me compared to what that is because actually you can do a lot more damage and a lot, <laughs> a lot better work on your board than you could do on Tony Hawk so um, you know trying to get that, the direction of landing a I don't know whatever the whatever the equivalent of a varial 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 (laughs) flip or something (laughs) I know my skateboarding um (laughs) you know trying to do a trick and then uh doing it with the analog stick it was just so much better and and it really felt sharp in the controls as well and again it shocked me that I was like this is 2005 and actually this feels like one of the sharpest games that I've ever played on the PSP in terms of how it controlled um and that's lucky because it needs it because the camera angle that you have to <laughs> maneuver down the mountain with with your snowboarder is fucking shocking. Like it is, it is like you know, it is over your shoulder to the point where it's like it may as well clipped onto your shoulder, and you're flying down these mountains at like a thousand, what feels like a thousand miles an hour, and you're going in the dark sometimes over trees and things, and it's just it it becomes almost impossible sometimes down mm. some of these, um, especially when you're in the versus mode against just one other snowboarder. I must have tried 15, 20 times to beat the CPU at that. Just on the on the first level again yep. of the difficulty, couldn't do it. Just could not do that or couldn't meddle. Couldn't, could not beat the versus mode. And mm. I was just like, and a lot of that was down to not knowing the track well enough and then that camera angle just being up your ass. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you just very difficult to kind of be able to get enough 
points doing tricks, coming off ledges that you had no idea that were coming up, even if you had tried five mm-hmm. or six times. Um, I, I just didn't understand it. I don't know why they just didn't drop it back. You know, like another sort of, I guess, <laughs> another 10 metres in game metres. Yeah, it, yeah. it would have made way more sense to have a, more of a view. And I wonder if it's just to, to do with the size of the screen or something. Or... I wonder if it's the, the processing or, or something like that on the PSP itself, because, you know, you don't have to bring the camera much further back to have to have a lot more geometry yeah, in the scene. That and I can imagine sense. if they were trying to make it go fast, mm. I could imagine that a conversation might have been had between speed and having a view of someone's ass. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that might be the case because, you know, again, on the plus side of it, the speed with which it renders mm. is exceptional. That yeah. is in, and that'll be why, probably then, thinking about it out loud now, um, it does a really good job of mm. dealing with that fast downhill feel. Um, so if that is a payoff of having a tight angle, then fair enough, I guess that. But um, yeah, and speaking of speed, uh, you know, you really have to, in some of the medal races, it's a four-minute race right? for the heat, and then another four-minute race to medal, just, just one event. So you're talking about eight minutes of snowboarding just to get one event done out of like 64 events, and it's just... It's an extensive amount of time, mm. especially if you fail. <laughs> if you get like you know, like if you do the heat and then don't medal, you're talking about doing it again. It just it didn't really feel like it was over as quick as it should be. Like mm. as for a race time, it was just a, a lot of effort to put into one heat to be able to do a really you know to enjoy really. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So there were times where I thought, God, this is going on for ages, and it did. So, you know, <laughs> it, it was really rather annoying. But um, overall, uh, yeah, it, as a game, um, as an SSX game as well, I thought it did a really good job of porting over to the PSP. I know I've got a couple of gripes with it, but in terms of speed and even the look as well. So it's, I'm gonna, again, I'm going to say speak out of two sides of my mouth here. EA's menus, songs, vibe of that era all the PSP games are all so cookie-cutter. It's incredible. Mm. But to an impressive amount, to the point where you're like, wow, they've done a really good job of just being like, this is brand EA. You know? it's like, it doesn't matter if you're playing Burnout, it doesn't matter if you're playing SSX, it doesn't matter if you're playing FIFA. You get all the same sort of like indie alt-rock songs. You get all the same sort of like... And just a little bit of a tweak on a theme in so much like for this one, they, I, I on the console versions, have kind of made it a bit of a, a comic book scribbly pensley mm-hmm. sort of menu vibe and they've managed to get that across the PSP pretty well but again it's just like you know we're a little bit off the beaten path kind of like but we're still sporty EA and it's just you know you, just, you can't believe how well they've managed to just kind of maintain that brand across all these different games yeah some tight guidelines it, yeah it really is yeah and I'm like well you know well done you for being so ordered well done for being so orderly like the Nazis you know like as in they you know they one thing going for them and that was order <laughs> <laughs> wait oh wait disorder yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nazis didn't have anything going for no, Nazis maybe. were terrible yes yeah they <laughs> probably were and so and this isn't terrible you know this isn't a Nazi game this is you know this game is I would say um, great in parts like really truly great in parts um, and just with some drawbacks so I'd say a 7 out of 10 probably for that um, and put it on the spreadsheet now. You know, not to want to bang on because I know I want to get onto other games as well. But I'll probably stay 
a little bit with SSX and just talk a little bit about the 2012 version uh, on the PS3 and Xbox 360. That game takes everything before from before it. It didn't get amazing reviews, but it takes all the best bits of SSX, puts them all together. It adds a couple of things, like it does make it like I think the idea is that um, you're challenging deadly descents against somebody else that is in a previous member of the SSX team, and you've got he's like racing ahead of you around the world, and you've got to catch up with him. And each area only has that like, I think three or four different events, but it's pretty cool. That is and. The levels on that it's so much fun that is it feels like really rough terrain that like actually it's not perfect there's lots of different little routes and stuff but it does back off the camera angle and it goes at your own it goes at the right speed but it mixes in the simulation very easily into the absolute insanity of the tricky world and mm. it even has like at the bottom like the power bar and then when you when the power bar gets filled up it goes it's tricky 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 <laughs> tricky you're like yeah fucking brilliant and <laughs> um, so it is cool that it kind of still it, it seems to have a really good balance of both and mm. um, you can go crazy with points if you want to or you can get down the mountain as fast as you possibly can as well um and hold the line and I didn't realise, I, I knew I had this game and I knew I'd played it before, but going back to it again now, so they get, so what, 11 years old now, so officially retro, uh, yeah, really, really good. And it, it definitely felt like the best point of the SSX series almost came at the end after EA Big had closed down, which is a shame, yeah. yeah. But if you haven't played any SSX games or you want to pick up the best ones, I'd say Tricky or SSX 3. Um, on the console or on the next generation, go for SSX from 2012 as well. They're just brilliant games, and I don't think you'll ever not have fun with them. On tour with the PSP version and stuff, great in parts, but struggled in other as well. Mm-hmm. So nice. that's me on my SSX jaunt. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do Def Jam Vendetta. Um, so did you? Back in the day, on the N64, did you ever play WWF No Mercy? I played it around at my friend's house. I have very little memory of it. Okay. But right. um, I remember it being something I enjoyed. And... <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember actively hating it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So I I picked this up a while back because I was starting to collect games again. I haven't got an N64 and I don't have the Switch Online stuff that gives you N64 games, but also because of the licenses and, and all that kind of stuff, it's exactly the kind of game that the chance of a re-release is slim to nil. Um, but the people that made it, um, AKI or, or Aki, however we're, we're saying it, we'll go with AKI, um, developed Def Jam Vendetta mm-hmm. for EA Sports Big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, Hello, cheeky. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see what this is all about. Um, Back in the boudoir. Uh, well, I I missed No Mercy, and that kind of like it sounds stupid, but like there are some animations in it that I remember vividly, like when two people run into each other and kind of do like a they puff their chests out and all that kind of stuff, or like similarly for for blocking, um, or um, like the whole like weak and strong grappling system and things like that, and it seemed to be the sort of thing that was kind of lost to time. You didn't see it too much. Um, I think it's starting to make a little bit of a comeback, that kind of control scheme. Mm. Um, but there was definitely a bit of a period where everything 
wrestling-wise seem to lurch violently more towards your kind of SmackDown style of play from the, the PlayStation. Was, yeah, so was the N64 um, versions of the wrestling games then, not to go back into the wrestling pod, They were were they vastly different from the PlayStation 1? Because from what I hear, it sounds like they were I would I would argue they were. Mm. Yeah, they were, certainly compared to like SmackDown and stuff like that, they were much slower. Okay. Um, like, don't get me wrong, still goofy as hell. Mm. Um, but they were a little bit more like to me. They always felt a bit more considered. Okay. Um, and whereas SmackDown, like, I, I tried playing um, Here Comes the Pain on the PS2 mm. um, recently, and it was almost so fast I couldn't play it. <laughs> like, I, I really struggled you to keep up the with actual pain on. in my hands. Yeah. <laughs> they were right in the title, <laughs> and it it was like I always gelled more with the control scheme on the N64 ones and um, AKI's games specifically. Like, I always got on with it. Like, it was always their games that... I played various wrestling games of theirs over the years and it was always theirs that I I stuck with on the N64. They had to slow you down for the terrible controller. Well, it worked, <laughs> you know? Um, what was with that little yellow thing on it? <laughs> What, the C buttons? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, they seemed weird at the time, but actually some of my favourite controllers have, like, six face buttons because it's kind of like a fight pad. Yeah. So actually, like, as soon as I started seeing it like that, I'm like, okay, I kind of get the N64 controller now. Yeah. But anyway. um, So fast forward to, checking the back of the box, 2003. Mm. Um, And we've got Def Jam Vendetta. And you saying about, like, SSX and the EA brand guidelines and how we're a bit indie-ish and a bit, like, rock and roll and that. This is very hip-hop. And there are a bunch of hip-hop artists in it that you have to unlock. So, like, big big (laughs) selling point is, like, featuring DMX and Method Man and Mm. uh, Friends. And, uh, yeah, you can't play as any of them. You have to unlock them all. Mm. (laughs) Um, So there's a a story mode. There's, like, a kind of four-person battle royale type thing. Um, And that's about it. I checked the manual just before you came over, and I think it actually says four match types. Wow. Which, like, considering even the N64 games, I... I think there's more than that yeah. in there. Um, so it, it kind of feels like the wrestling elements of it are a bit of a dead weight. And I need to kind of explain that. Mm. So like the whole conceit is this, the the fact you're going through like this kind of underground fighting scene in um, New York. Yeah. Um, which we all know that the world's biggest hip-hop artists are doing right now. Absolutely, yeah. yes, yes. Um, but in that, and between that and the fact that it's an EA Sports Berg thing... That's great. Thank you, I've been practising. Um, <laughs> six hours a day. <laughs> over and over again. Um, <laughs> and uh, like it, it feels like a weird mash of styles. It feels like AKO wanted to make a wrestling game again. EA Sports Berg were like... Can you make it a big arcade fighter, please? And they've kind of gone for a middle ground. And for me, he says, eyeballing the 9 out of 10 from PSW magazine on the front, it doesn't really work. Um, I can see what they're trying to do. Don't get me wrong. It feels like a proof of concept. Mm. Um, So part of that, part of that problem, the crux of it is that you're in this nasty underground fighting tournament and you're still in a ring and you're still kind of doing the AKI wrestling thing. 
yeah. you know, you're still um, doing the same moves. Like, literally, a lot of the same animations are in there. It's just that people will jump a bit higher or they will hit a bit faster. Mm. Like, they, they, it's almost like they're sped up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that was partly in response to the SmackDown kind of stuff, which is why I banged on about it earlier. Mm. Um, and so it kind of, between that and things like, uh, you know, you build up your, your momentum meter and you get pumped by the crowd and all that and everything's going great and your opponent is, you know, on their last legs and then you trigger like a special move and and that's it. You knock the person out and, and it's over and it feels almost more like a fatality from Mortal Kombat right, than, yeah. than a wrestling move. And obviously, like you have, you can have knockout victories in No Mercy or you know any number of wrestling games. Yeah, but I don't remember them feeling quite as prescribed or, or like telegraphed. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this, it's like okay, win button time, yeah. and, and it like I didn't ever win by pinfall. It was only ever by knockout because I knew I just had to get, get the special. Yeah, and and that was that. And if you're not in that position, like if your opponent isn't like sufficiently. Um, you know, beaten down by the time you get to it, you'll still do a ton of damage. And yeah. You just won't knock them out. So, like, it's not a given, but at the same time, it felt like too much of a given mm. <laughs> a lot of it, uh, a lot of the time. Um, and so, like, at the same time, because you've got a ring and, like, the wrestling kind of trappings around it, it's really hard to buy into that as, like, a gritty underground fighting tournament thing. Yeah. Um, and so it was just, it feels like a bit of a weird highway, uh, highway house, halfway house. Um, and I say that because I checked some of the reviews for the sequel to this, um, fight for New York. And that was where it hit its stride okay. by the look of it, because they get rid of the fucking ring. Yeah. Like you're on the floor. There is a crowd around you. You can use the crowd. They put weapons back in. I couldn't find any in this. I don't think they're in there. Oh, it, it feels like, especially having, played a load of wrestling games, having watched a shit ton of it recently, it feels like even with the wrestling side of things, they could have gone further with it. Like, mm. wrestling is all about campy, insane hijinks and, you know, a shit ton of bloodletting back they're, in the They're day. never in the ring in wrestling. Yeah. In fact, wait a minute. Did I see a video the other day of, was it Edge, getting into a bed with Ita, I believe she was called? And they were like... Lita? taking the, I can't remember now. They were taking their clothes off under in, in a... In a bed in the ring in front of like yeah I think that ten thousand people yeah or something and yeah, then and then Rick Flair just walks out and I was like this is this is great I was like what's going on wrestling lost something when it went PG <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's it's that kind of like utter insanity that it feels like this game was like crying out for and mm. it just stops short of it um, whereas Fight for New York it seems as though they kind of lent into it a bit more. And, you know, you could have Henry Rollins getting hit by a train and stuff like that, where it's, you know, it, it definitely um, feels more like they went, OK, let's do our own thing now rather than still trying to be wrestling. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, it, it's it is still great to look at. It is fun to play. It scratches a kind of nostalgia itch. But at the same time, it's like, well, the animations are the same, but it's it's not no mercy. Mm. Um and dare I say it nowadays, for you know, use of the control scheme that I was talking about earlier and things like that, I would rather be playing Day of Reckoning on the GameCube mm -hmm. and play like a proper wrestling game where I could hit someone with a baseball bat if I fancy it. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, stuff like, like that. Like in real life. <laughs> like in proper wrestling. Yeah. Um, and, you know, considering half of the, the... I'm looking at the box, right? The massive um, necklace that someone's 
hurling around and stuff like that. Why aren't I wrapping that round my fists and using that as an impromptu knuckle duster? Yeah, like yeah, it, it yeah. feels like it was pulling its punches. Yeah. If you'll excuse the mm. laboured pun. Um, and yeah, so it's. I know. I know. I sound down on it. I think, if anything, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Um, and, and you know, it is good. It is very well regarded. It it did something different, but it feels, especially compared to what I've seen of the sequel and fulfilling that kind of potential, mm. I, it it doesn't feel like it's its own thing enough. And it, you can see, you can see the through thread. You can see what they were trying to do. Yeah, but it definitely needed the sequel to actually make good on the promise. Yeah. Um, it feels like they've just taken a previous game, put a license, reskinned it, it and, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. That is almost exactly what it feels like. Um, and um, I, I would love to know if that was the case because, yeah. yeah, like knowing what we know now about how the the you know console generations went and timings of various bits and bobs, that is exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's good. I I started this weighing up whether I wanted to give it a, a six or a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a seven feels optimistic. A six feels harsh. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm very much on the fence and I'm, I'm going to give it a seven because like it's, it's not all it could be. Mm. Um, it doesn't but, sound too dissimilar from what I was trying to say about mine. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It was like, it's got great bits, but it's not all it can be. Yeah. yeah and that's it, where we're missing both. a certain something. Wow. Um, so and that's yeah. where, and that's where seven games live. Seven out of yeah. 10 games live. <laughs> yeah. Just, just shy of greatness. Yeah. I'm really worried that when we get to the turn of the year and we start to rank our games within their number, sort of, I guess, I don't know what it's called. Rankings. Categories. <laughs> Categories. Barriers. I don't know. And there's a lot of eights and sevens. <laughs> Some games are going to get fucked, basically. Um, so, thank you for that. And um, so, you, you never played. Have you never played New York then? I've, no, I, I, I haven't either, but I've heard really good things about it. So, I, I looked into it after playing this and seeing a couple of the reviews. I was like, actually, you know what? I bet that would be a hell of a lot of fun. I looked into it and it still sells for about 30 quid. I was going to say it's still hard to get hold of. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's one of those ones that may maybe at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not yet. I think Vendetta is worth a little bit, isn't it, as well? Uh, I, think worth a little bit. I don't think so oh, right. so much anymore. Okay. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't regret having time with it or anything like that i'm not going to go and exchange it um but at the same time yeah i was i was happier playing other things very quickly yeah cool uh so i'm going to talk a little bit about nfl street three so i when i first had a psp i had three three uh all read three um i had nfl street two uh my in my first rodeo with a psp and i had really fond memories of that um and they were crushed by NFL Street 3 <laughs> <laughs> this time round. Um, I think the NFL Street games were um, diminishing returns mm. but uh, because I think the most maligned one was the NFL, I think it's on tour, I think maybe, and that was sort of like a 2009 game. And uh, it's a bit weird, really. I think that they just started to just seep into just being Madden. Uh, and you could probably yeah. add modes in Madden to make, you know, you, they, they try to keep, NFL Street and FIFA Street going. There was another version of each kind of on, like, you know, I think it was PS3, like, again, in the similar vein with SSX, sort of same area, 2012 ish. Um, but when a sport is a sport, that is, in, do, do you really need to make an arcadey version of it and 
make it into different sort of modes. I think you do, but probably within that main game. I think for a yeah, value for money sort of thing, yeah. I think you know you, you end up just with like the training modes in FIFA, didn't you? You know, before yeah. games and stuff. Um, I think the same sort of thing could be said for NFL Street, really. Uh, certainly this version. I think NFL Street 2, um, from what I remember of it, and we don't do many memory uh, review games or anything, but certainly I have distinct memories of it being very good as a PSP port. Um, and even in the PlayStation 2, and I spent a lot of time with that game, uh, and it played really well. And I remember that being a really good multiplayer experience. Um, <clears throat> this game didn't seem to do anything different from that game. And actually, it seemed to degrade when it came into the minigame sort of thing. So there's two different ways you play the game. There was the sort of minigame version of it, the exhibition modes. And then there's the um, the longer career mode. And the longer career mode definitely had a bit more to it. And I think probably saved this from being a really bad review, if I'm going to be honest. Mm. Um, I think that was called like Respect the Street Mode. Uh, that felt in-depth enough to that feel like you didn't need almost the little mini modes in there as well like you basically in that mode in the um, respect the street the main career mode you build you build up your own team you can you can add stats um you know customize all your characters and things graphically it, it's you know, there's, a, there's a lot left wanting really for graphics in in these games um they could have been a lot better i think really especially when you look at SSX from the same sort of era. And I think this is a 2008 game, I think, maybe NFL Street 3, and it looks worse than 2005 <laughs> SSX. Um, but, you know, and it's trying to recreate a little bit, trying to recreate actual football players from that era. Like, is in, but Peyton Manning looks like he's been through a fucking grinder. Like, it's just like, it's awful, like, you know. Um, so, yeah, it um, the main mode... Um, you build up your team, and that feels really kind of neat and fun to do. And there's a, there's a, a massive amount of challenges to do. And they do have some variants on them. It's not just go and win a game here in this part of the country, go and win a game here in this part of the country. There is that element to it, but every single challenge is different. Sort of like, oh, go and score 40 points in this game against this team, or you know, go and sp- score three special touchdowns in this game or whatever while holding, you know, whilst having the special bar full you know it, it it did have a good variance on it mm-hmm. um the bit like i said that let it down were the mini games there was one that was crushed carrier which basically is just like a king of the hill mode where you are a running back you pick a running back and then there's other running backs in a little arena um and it feels impossible to win like as in <laughs> so you pick you have the ball to start off with and then you you genuinely just get crushed straight away, and then someone else is running away with the ball. The only way you can earn points is by tackling them, but they always seem to be way quicker than you. Mm-hmm. That is no matter what you do with the you know the boost button or anything like that. There's no like clever way to like click it and sort of you know like maybe like click it on and off and get quicker. You just don't seem to struggle compared to the CPU. It's shit. That is, <laughs> it's not good. Um, another mini mini mode was a one versus one running back battle where you get you have to score. You get 10 chances to score a touchdown against each other and then the most touchdowns wins. Again, that felt very um, difficult to do. That is in so it almost felt like the CPU was always quicker than you. Uh, and it's like, well, that's fine. I mean, you know, it, it, I don't mind having a modicum of difficulty to it, but at the same time, I have to be able to do it. You know, I have to be able to complete the game. That, you know, yeah. And it just didn't feel like that was possible, really, in that mode. Um you know, jump ball challenge as well, which is 
the concept is quite fun. So, you know, we, we've done this drill in mm. flag training where, you, you know, you might have, you'd send off two people, three people um, facing away from the quarterback and, the, the, you know, the quarterback would shout or whatever and actually you got to turn around and catch the jump ball. And so that little mini game, I was like, oh, great, I've done this I in real life, yeah. you know, like as in, and again execution of it the tracking of the ball and where it said it was going to go and you go in there to press the button to catch just never seemed to marry up as well as it should do mm. everything felt off um in the little mini games whereas actually playing the main mode playing the game where i guess you would call the traditional nfl street game um as a career was was worthwhile uh so yeah the, i guess the general core idea of the nfl street games Always felt really cool. It never felt this one never felt anywhere near as good as NFL Street Two, where it felt like that was just fully involved in that um, in the career mode, mm-hmm. that type of game. Um, so yeah, it, it's a bit of a, a bit of a funny one, really. Um, I'd say I'd give it like a five out of ten. I think you know that is in just about worth playing, but you're better picking up NFL Street Two if you've got a PSP than you are playing NFL Street Three. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, and probably over any other NFL Street game, NFL Street 2 would be the one I'd recommend from what I remember anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they were the kind of games that we played so far this week. Have you got any further memories of playing any more EA big uh, games? I was just, say, I, is that a list of them? There, there is a list. I mean, it's a very grimy photo of a um, tier maker from a chap called Square Pegs on YouTube. Square Pegs, um, he used to work for EA. And he makes videos about video games, oh. but he's done a tier maker. I mean, I've already spoken uh, spoke a little bit about Sledstorm. Uh, I don't really remember. I definitely would have owned the PS2 version, but I think I remember more about playing that PlayStation 1 version before it became EA Big, because that doesn't mm-hmm. really count. But, um, you know, I, I absolutely loved Sledstorm. Um, I think, you know, looking at Square Peg's list and thing, he's got in his top tier... Def Jam Vendetta, funnily enough. And I can't even see Def Jam fight for New York. So whether or not that was actually... That wasn't EA Big. Oh, that would be why. Yeah, it was later yeah. on. Yeah. So, and then he's got NBA. So NBA Street, when we talk about them, yeah, I, I, was... I don't really remember playing them, but they seem to be quite well-reviewed across the board. Yeah, I think I, I possibly played either the first one or the second one, like, once, once upon a time. But whenever I think of, like, arcade basketball, it's always NBA Jam yeah. or um the... Arcade mode on uh, NBA Courtside 2002. Mm, nice. um, I, so yeah, like NBA Street. If I did play it, um, it either wasn't for long or it didn't leave much of an impression. I feel like the reason that probably would be, and this is obviously me painting it with a wide brush, not ever playing them, but surely NBA Street is just basketball. Like it's in like just three <laughs> people instead of five. Do you know what I mean? Like it's you in jump a bit higher, or like you could dunk from full court, yeah, or do something a flip like that. or something. But yeah. in general. Like, like basketball is a, is a street game. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, a, yeah, you yeah. see it all the time in TV shows, movies, and stuff. Everyone's always, you know, like on the street corner playing at those local courts and stuff down in Brooklyn or whatever. And you know, it just looks like a very easy thing, not an easy thing to master, certainly, but a game that you pick up in the streets. So yeah, yeah. the the idea of it being NBA Street just seems a bit weird to me. I don't yeah, know. no, I think that's fair. But I wonder if I would play it and have a similar sort of feeling of like this could go further that I did with Def Jam Vendetta yeah. and like the kind of wrestling trappings. Cause I've just spotted my note to myself here where for Def Jam Vendetta, where I was like, it's crying out for like a cage match or like a mm, table ladders nice. and chairs one or something like that. None of that in it. And I isn't everything in life carrying out for a cage. Match well, <laughs> quite, quite possibly. They are words <laughs> to live by. Um, but like, I wonder if playing something like NBA street, 
I would have a similar feeling where it's like, guys, you could be doing so much with this. Yeah. Um, and perhaps they they did or didn't um, for that exact reason because it is like it's a it's a very pick up and play game. Yeah. Like by its nature. So. And I think yeah. um, so. FIFA Street. Did you ever play a FIFA Street? Because I know I've done a yeah. FIFA episode. I we didn't really talk about FIFA Street really on there. And I, I remember playing it at my friend's house. I never owned one. Uh, again, I was fine with it, and it was okay with friends. But I mean, I, w- I wasn't bothered about not owning one. Yeah, I think I possibly played a little bit of one once, but the I do I actually own the um they rebooted it. Oh um, yeah, later did, on yeah. and did a kind of like more more FIFA esque version um that was less cartoony and more like what nowadays would be like their futsal um mm. mode yeah, yeah. in full fat fifa yeah. um so which <laughs> i guess for you to say yeah i guess it goes back to what you were saying about you know value for money maybe nowadays it makes more sense to put the arcade mode yeah in with the the simulation um mm. if you if it's going to be built on the same engine you may as well right because ea are definitely about value for money oh absolutely <laughs> I think I would defend them. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what I'm saying about them anymore. <laughs> anyway. Um... EA bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I want someone to walk around do that to me. A, a very tight camera angle behind me <laughs> at all times. I think I'd like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, it feels a bit of a, a funny one, really, EA Big, because now we've been talking through it, um, Probably not as fond as memories as I thought I had. That's because I've bought them all crashing down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. I don't think it's you. I, I think I've, dream I've, smasher. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get introduced on the pod now. Um, <laughs> I think that not his royal richness or whatever it was last, last week. Um, yeah, I, I just think that um, they served a purpose, and it probably is right that they probably don't exist anymore. I think, but and that I almost feel like that sets them up nicely for being in 10, 20 years' time, people being a bit more like, remember these, these were a thing. Yeah. Um, and that's that feels, to me, the right place for them to live in. Yeah, but, like, I, I think... Um, he says checking the time. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, no, it's because this is going to be one of those classic ones where I think out loud. Um, because, like... It's what we're doing, that's podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Um, but like I think arcade sports games were definitely something that were a bit of a dying breed, um, mm. and I think gradually they're they're kind of coming back a little bit. I think from what I've what I've played of this, and like Rocket League now. <laughs> well, like <laughs> partly that, but like indie games as well, and mm. like you know clever spins on mm. name your sport here. Um, but like I think from what I've seen of EA Big, like it was at its best when it just went all out. So like your yeah. SSXs and, and stuff like that, where it was like, it properly, properly went for it. Yeah. Um, whereas things like NFL Street 3 or, or Def Jam Vendetta, I would argue, um, where it feels a bit more grounded, yeah, that was not. where, like they weren't outrageous mm. enough. And I think if they had possibly tapped into being more outrageous, you've got to wonder if they would have you know stuck around a bit longer or something like that and i think yeah. if they if they were to make some kind of comeback or or even you know if you're doing arcade sports games nowadays and i'm thinking primarily of nba jam or something like that like it's fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. you could play as bill clinton you know like it, <laughs> but that's great 
Like, that is what I want from an arcade Mr. game. Mr. President, no! I, I, I want a team of US presidents. You know, I want to play Red Card and play as a team of fucking dolphins. You know? Like, yeah. that's what I want. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm here game. for. And it feels like EA Big had the potential to do that, but it fell short for me. Yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. And I think that's a really good point, because I remember, so whilst we talk about SSX, and I spoke about at the start, owning SSX at the start of the PlayStation 2 cycle for me personally. And then I never had Tricky. Dwayne, my friend, had Tricky. And I always felt like an urchin because I was like, <laughs> SSX was way more simulation, whereas mm. Tricky was fun. And it was like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was like, oh, I've still got the shit one. That is in vain. It wasn't shit. It just felt that way. Um, and let's say, uh, m- maybe with sports games, especially extreme sports games, the more, for me personally, the more I can mash a button <laughs> to see what might happen is where I enjoy myself, certainly. Mm. So, And I think we've probably got that across, maybe, in, in the game, what we've talked about previously when we've talked about Madden and FIFA and things that they just feel too simulation-y and a bit too just like, you know, beige. <laughs> I think maybe. So, yeah, I we like them when they're all, you know, silver and gold and... Spangly and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, absolutely. Uh, so, right, speaking of ridiculous, that's that's what we are usually a lot of the time. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll get off on this pod and we will see you all next week. Cheers. Cool. Bye-bye.